Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed school children who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come dropping gems, dropping gems. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dropping Gems podcast. As always, I'm your host, Debbie Brown. So first of all, guys, I am so sorry for leaving you hanging the last couple of weeks. I took the last show week off to celebrate my birthday. Shout out to all my fellow Geminis. And I enjoyed a quick trip to Palm Springs. Side note too, I love getting to the desert every chance that I can get. I feel really recharged by that dry heat and that desert landscape. It's really like something about the harsh landscape and the resilience of its natural inhabitants that really speaks to me. And it makes me feel so centered and alive. I really see myself in that, you know, when I see power, beauty, pain and things, I see myself. It's why I love looking at fire. (laughs) That sounds nuts, right? Or rough waves or, you know, the spikes on a cactus. I'm really drawn to and attracted to the survival in it all. But now I'm back to real life and I decided to do this week a little bit differently. One, today turned out to be crazy. Um, the universe was 
<laughs> doing the most. A fire started in my kitchen as I was getting ready to go record this podcast. I was making like some keto bread on parchment paper and the car- parchment paper caught fire and we had to get a fire extinguisher. It was a lot. Then um, the little studio setup I have at my house at the ranch, uh, I went outside to record and my computer overheated. So guess where I am right now doing this show? I have a makeshift mic and a laptop and I'm sitting in my bathroom. Um, And I only tell you that because just know I really try to make this episode happen so you guys would not keep yelling at me in my DMs. And also, um, you know, you do what you got to do wherever you can. Plus, just so, you know, in case the audio is a little bit off, I want y'all to know why. Because coming from FM radio, audio is super important to me. So I'm in a bathroom. (laughs) Today, though, back to the episode, we're going to do an extra special Q&A episode. So if you follow me on IG, you saw that on my stories, I solicited y'all for some questions. And I ended up getting a ton of great and insightful ones to go through. So if you shot me a question and you don't hear it mentioned here today, though, just know that there were a lot um, and I'm probably going to be able to unpack more of them in future episodes. But because I love spontaneity and synchronicity, I wanted to try to give this Q&A the most authentic thoughts and reactions possible. So I picked out of all the questions I got, I picked a bunch and I actually put them all together in a bowl folded up. So I'm going to pick it out and read it. And you'll hear it as I hear it, okay? So here we go. Special Q&A episode of the Dropping Gems podcast. Here's my bowl. First question. Ooh, okay. This question comes from Masterpiece in Progress. And the question is, how do I function in an extremely toxic work environment when leaving isn't an option right now? I love this question Um, and it's so relatable because, you know, in this day and age, everyone is talking about quit your job and, you know, find your happiness or follow your bliss, you know, quit your job and find your passion and start a business. And that is quite honestly, not realistic for many, many people. I sit in that and I honor that. And I just want to say that I'm sorry um, that you're experiencing some difficulty at work, especially considering we typically spend more of our lives at work than we do at home or than we do around people that care about us or doing things that, you know, set our souls on fire. So that can be a lot. I had an experience, uh, this is probably close to 10 years ago at one of the first radio gigs that I had and life got really hard. You know, it started out as being this incredible gig and opportunity and just by the nature of where I worked and the way, you know, some some of the work politics went down in that building and, you know, the building switched ownership many, many times, it went from being like my dream job to a nightmare. And I remember there was a couple of months before I decided to quit that I would like cry in my car <laughs> every morning. Every morning I would get to the parking lot and I would cry in my car about facing this day around uh, a lot of toxic energy. And I would cry for a few minutes, I would wipe my face, and I would go in the building, and I would do the best that I could, uh, but it was extremely hard. So what I, what I would share with you is look at the larger context. This moment, I'm sure, is highly uncomfortable, 
And I'm sure you're sacrificing in many different ways and more than likely having to minimize yourself in many different ways. But it's really important that when we're in a difficult space that we take time to zoom out. You know, it's like, imagine this right now. Imagine you had a a Polaroid in your hand, like a printed out picture, and you held it right up against your eye. You're probably seeing, you know, whatever color pixelation, you know, you're just seeing like blue or black or white. And then as you slowly move that photograph farther and farther away from that eye, and maybe now you're holding it at arm's length away from you, you can see the grander picture. You can see everything that that picture entails. And it's kind of like that when we are faced with discomfort that we don't really have control over in our lives. You can just control what you can control. And 10 out of 10 times, that just means you can control how you feel and what your reactions are. So I would really strongly suggest, like in this question, you said that right now leaving isn't an option. So make a plan, you know, have something to look forward to. You don't like where you are right now, but what are you working towards? You know, in moments like this, like whenever I'm under a lot of stress, I really force myself to dig into me and find what is it that's triggering me and how can I bring less suffering to myself? Uh, Again, I can't control anything happening in the world. I can't control anybody's bad day or what they're trying to project onto me because of it, but I can't always control how I feel about myself and my understanding of what my destiny is. So without knowing too many other details, I would just really recommend that next time you have a free afternoon, really prepare for war, you know, build your armor, get, get specific things together to grow your spirit so that you're protected when you go into that toxic space. Recently what I did, I'm kind of like in a weird space myself with a couple things in my life. And I just took the afternoon and I found all brand new affirmations that really speak to me at this moment in my life. And I wrote them out and I taped them up exactly where I needed to see them. You know, I practiced like a lot of self-compassion. I started like doing some journaling. I started, you know, doing some breathing techniques. I make sure that I meditate every day, you know. So if your work environment is toxic, the best thing that you can do for yourself in this moment is really define, excuse me, refine whatever your spiritual practice is. So make sure that you are carving out 20 to 40 minutes a day, wherever you can fit it in. Wake up earlier if you need to. Carve out that time and fill yourself with love and give yourself all the compassion that you are not getting at work so that you can start your day already full and you're not operating out of a deficit. So again, if nothing else, you know, you mentioned that again, leaving isn't an option right now, that's fine. But what can you do in your life and in your free time to make sure that your spirit and heart is full, that you are getting the adequate amount of love and celebration that you deserve and need so that anytime you're at work and you're not feeling it, you have a reserve to pull from. So I hope that answers your questions. I know um, I didn't have too many details on that, but the answer is kind of the same even if you're just facing challenges in life in general. You got to get prepared to go to war and you got to 
love on yourself and give yourself the compassion that you're not getting other places and give yourself the rewarding that you're not. Also think of the bigger plan. You can't leave right now, but at some point you can. So start plotting and planning, you know, start visualizing what your life will be like at an environment that feels better. Okay. Next question. Ooh, okay. This one comes from Rukisti List. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, The question is, how do you balance spirituality and materialism? Can I have nice things and be a humble servant? (laughs) That's a great question, too. Uh, You know, I think a lot of it depends on what your motivation is, you know, A lot of people use materialism and they use like celebration of things to really give themselves a false sense of self-love and also to try to control the perception that other people have of you or to get other people to see value in you through things. So if that's your motivation, no, you can't have both. You can't have the spirituality and the materialism because they're in direct contrast with one another. Um, you know, I like nice things. (laughs) I love, you know, nice things. I like having nice sheets on my bed. I like using, you know, good hair products. I like, um, you know, all, all the trappings that come with that. Um, but I think for me, it's definitely not a must for me to have to feel good about myself. You could drop me in, you know, off in the desert with, secondhand, thirdhand, fifthhand clothes, and I'm still going to feel good about who I am because that's just the point that I've worked towards in my life right now. So I think um, you can absolutely have both. It's just really important to gut check with yourself of why are you desiring these items and also are you being gluttonous with it? Like for me, I know when I'm out of alignment and I'm out of balance, I can feel it because I'm buying frivolous things I don't need. Like I'm on Amazon every time I think of something, buying whatever it is, and then I don't even end up using it. Or I get really stressed out in traffic and I'm cussing people out more often (laughs) than I normally do. Um, Or I'm getting irritated at the smallest things while I'm in traffic. You know, those to me are what I've recognized to be my triggers of when I am not in balance and when I am not in alignment. So when I start to notice those patterns, when I start to notice that I'm like aimlessly scrolling on guilt for no reason or, you know, whatever, whatever these shopping apps and websites are, if I'm doing that really for for no reason, not because I need anything or really even want anything, um, then I know I'm just out of balance and, and I work to just really fill in my spiritual practice a lot more um, and check in with myself about what I'm feeling. So I say that to say, you know, I do think sometimes in this culture where we're at right now, people go really over the top with things. None of this stuff really matters, you know, so don't go broke trying to keep up with the Joneses or don't give your last to wear something that now you put it on Instagram and you're not going to wear it again. You know, I don't, I don't do that for myself. I think that there is so much beauty in humility. I think there's so much beauty in not flossing all the things that you have, you know, having nice things that you enjoy, but not posting all of them. Um, So I hope that helps. But I do think, I don't think that you are not in alignment with God because you like the finer things. I just think it is important to gut check on what your motivation is for getting them. Do you really need it? Is there something more impactful you could be doing with that money? 
Um, cause a lot of, a lot of this too, a lot of the stuff that we even consider to be finer things or deem as, you know, the goal, um, it's just capitalism that made us think we want that anyway. <laughs> it's just well-lit photography, this, uh, faux rarity, you know, them making it seem like something is really rare when in actuality they could produce as much of it as they want. You know, see, is it, is it brainwashing? Is it? I'm out of balance, or is it, hey, I really like this and I deserve it. If it's the latter, then do it, get it, live. Okay, next question. Okay, this question is from Love is Loving Me. How did you attract your husband and marriage? Did you use crystals? Interesting. No, girl, no. <laughs> Um, I'm sure that's a question actually a lot of people have, especially as they start moving around in these spaces and we talk to people so much about, you know, vision boarding and, and, you know, speaking things as if they already exist and manifesting and all of that stuff. In my situation, no, um, I don't necessarily firsthand know anybody that has done that, um, I don't even think even now with my understanding of a lot of the stuff in the metaphysics world, I don't think I would ever do that because my, my go-to is always just work on me, fix me, and everything that I deserve and need will come my way. You know, I think I, I've done a lot of self-work on myself and I'm constantly growing and learning and changing, evolving, surrendering, expressing kindness and compassion. So for me, I know love is always headed my way. Like I, I truly know and believe that I don't have to work hard for love because I'm filling myself with all the love that I need and deserve and I'm doing good to other people. And so love will always find me and be attracted to me um, and whatever package it comes. But so specifically for my husband and my marriage, I'll just give you guys this quick little backstory for those that aren't too familiar with my story. Um, so this month actually will be our, I think, seventh year married. Yeah, our seventh year wedding anniversary. And my husband and I initially met because I was doing radio in LA. I quit that job and I ended up taking a job in Houston at a radio station in Houston. And I moved across the country by myself and I lived there for a little under a year. So maybe like 10, 11 months. And at that time, he was living in Houston and he used to listen to the radio and he heard my voice. And this is his telling. I'm not trying to sound, you know, super extra, but he said he heard my voice. He loved my voice. It spoke to him. So he Googled me and he looked me up. And then he actually started following me on Twitter. Um, I don't think he had Instagram then. I'm not sure. But he started following me on Twitter. He started interacting with me. And at that time, I... I believe I was having a birthday party and he showed up at my birthday party to meet me in person. And believe it or not, his first words to me were, hey, I follow you on Twitter. <laughs> so that's kind of how we met. Um, and our relationship happened really, really fast. I got to be fully honest with you guys and tell you, I never wanted to or cared about getting married. Um, not, not to say that I never thought that I would, it just definitely was not a goal of mine. It, it truly wasn't even a thought of mine. I didn't even visualize being married. And I don't know if that's because 
you know, a lot of people closest in my life and my family were unmarried women or if it's just because, you know, I think we were, I think I was 25 at the time. It just wasn't of importance to me at all. I was 100% fully focused on my career. But life hit me fast, you know, and he he knew really fast, which is what kind of led me to search myself about what were the walls that I was putting up around love. At the time, I didn't want a relationship. Um, I was really super enjoying the single life. (laughs) And I had just actually um, taken two jobs in New York. So I was in, at the time that I met him, I was actually in the process of moving from Houston to New York City uh, to work at Sirius XM and also MTV. So when we met, I think we met, you know, he eventually, he was really shy around me at first. Then he eventually asked for my number and we went on a date and then we just really clicked and connected. And, you know, two weeks in, he had, you know, a lot of knowingness of what he wanted. So two weeks into us hanging out, he told me he loved me. That scared me at first. You know, at first I just responded and said, thank you. Cause I didn't know what to say. I didn't know that I felt that just yet, you know, things were moving really fast for me. And then maybe a month into us hanging out, it was time for me to move. And so I moved to New York and, and he was just like, listen, girl, like we go together. You can move to New York, but we are together and we're exclusive. And, you know, and I ended up falling in love and he ended up asking me to marry him maybe three months after we started dating. And then flash forward a few more months, we ended up married. So life happened really, really fast. I would not recommend moving that fast to anybody. Um, but you know, it, it, it worked out for us at that time. So yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't consumed with the thought of being in a relationship, getting married, any of that. When I tell you meeting him caught me so off guard and by surprise and was truly not a part of my life's plan and what I was envisioning for myself. So I would just say, you know, Definitely do do whatever you're called to. If you do want to build the vision board with, you know, all the attributes of the person you want to attract to you, that's dope. Do it. If you want to, you know, do maybe a crystal grid or just put that energy into the universe to bring that love and bring that, you know, partner into your life, I say do it. But do not forget the biggest step, which is making sure that you feel good about yourself, that you love your life, that you have begun to tap into any of the unresolved issues that you have carried with you before you meet this person. Because when you have a partner and you have a a relationship, especially in a marriage, you're each other's mirrors and one another's dysfunctions are going to fall on top of the other person. So you just want to make sure that you are prepared for the real work that being in a significant relationship really entails. Okay, let's see. Okay, I like this question. Star 1981 asked me, how do you stay positive when you are catching God's fades? <laughs> I, said, I think I said that in my episode with uh, Nita Parker. I was like, God, stay trying to catch my fade. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. Woo! 
As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous (laughs) of your generation that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, okay, how to stay positive when you feel like you are catching God's fades. So... For me, one of the biggest lessons I have learned in my lifetime thus far is that I have had to completely strip myself of the thought or belief that life is fair, and I've had to completely strip myself of the thought or belief that by me just being a good person, good things would happen to me. Because it's just not true. It's not how life works. It's not how the universe works. You know, when you're choosing to be a good person, when you're choosing to grow as a person, you are doing that for you. But it doesn't necessarily change the obstacles and challenges that you're going to face because God, the universe, has its own idea of what you need to know and what you need to experience. I've also learned that sometimes it's unfair, but Some of us are the cautionary tale sometimes in situations, you know, just as much as some of us are going to be the example and the inspirational, you know, point for other people to look at. 
So when I stop looking at life as needing to be fair or needing to have justice for perceived harms that have been done to me or challenges that I'm facing, it freed me up so much. And I, and I can honestly tell you right now, like fully with all of my soul, I need you to know my life, even though I am doing the work and I'm on my journey, my life is not easy. I have a lot going on. Um, and I, I feel like every time I get over one one thing, you know, some new challenge comes that I have to face. But something I am committed to is my personal growth and not adding on to my suffering. If I'm already very clear that life is by nature of how it's designed going to continuously present me with challenges, I do as much as I can to limit my own self-imposed challenges and my own self-imposed suffering. So I work really hard on having peace, on really understanding and knowing who I am, what I stand for, what I believe in, how I act, you know, making good choices, being kind, being compassionate. I give that so much weight in my life um, because that's the way that I honor myself and that's, that's the way that I build up a tolerance for all the other journeys and adventures you're going to be on through this windy and twisty road while we're here on earth. Um, so that's what, that's what allows me to stay positive. Even when difficult things are happening to me, I know who I am, you know? Um, and you would be really, really, really hard pressed to be able to get me out of my character you know, no matter who you are, no matter what you try to do, no matter what harm is headed my way, I know ultimately everything is survivable and I'm protected. And I really, even with this challenges, love my life. And I love who I have fought to become, who I've worked really hard to be. So that's where I draw my positivity from. I draw my positivity from the fact that I've learned that Pretty much everything is survivable. I've also learned how to tap into my own peace. I don't require, you know, the I don't require the validation of other people. I don't require life to be fair or for it to make sense for me to enjoy it, if that makes sense. Okay, we got a few more. This one comes from Love Mrs. T. Yates. I think I said that right. How do you manage your work life and personal life so effortlessly? Well, first of all, it's not effortlessly. <laughs> um, you know, and I, and I know I say this all the time. You guys might get sick of hearing this from me, but I just give life the best that I am capable of in each moment, which is to say that not every moment is going to be the same. And I'm not chasing perfection. I don't need an idea of perfection to be happy or to get the job done. So that's what has really aided me, especially in the last couple of years of my growth and of my life. So my work life, my personal life, every day I just do the best that I can. Some days that means I am killing it professionally. I'm knocking out a bunch of stuff and I'm making all the plans and I'm getting all the gigs and opportunities. Um, but then that also means that I'm going to have less time for my family. And it means that I'm probably going to be pretty conflicted, missing, you know, certain moments throughout the day with 
my beautiful baby boy quest or not getting enough, you know, quality time with my partner or not being able to be the rock star family member to other people or my friends, right? But it's a give and a take. I can't be all things to everybody. So I just try to be the most that I can be to me and for me. And that's pretty much it. You know, there, there's going to be people that say that she's, you know, she's not there for me enough. And then there's some people that'll say she's there for me every chance, you know, she has. And they're both probably right. All I can say is that I just do my best and I try not to get too clouded by other people's desires of me, perceptions of me or projections on me. I just try to be the most I can be for me. Sometimes I succeed, sometimes I fail, but I try again. <laughs> All right, let's see. Tell us about your experience at Deepak Chopra's retreat. That is from Tree Nelly. I love that I got this question. I, I think I'm actually going to try to put up on my website, karmablitz.com, like a little guide for people on how to pick the right retreat for you. Retreat culture has become really, really big in the communities of people of color right now. Thank God. I'm so happy they have. Uh, but retreating is something that, I mean, has been done for, I don't know, the last hundred years, maybe more. It's been done for a long time in other communities. And Tapping into Deepak Chopra's retreat is something that absolutely changed my life. Um, if anyone's interested in going, by the way, you can go on ChopraCenter.com. They offer a bunch of different types of retreats throughout the year. Probably in the last maybe eight, nine years, I've gone on, probably gone on eight with Deepak. And I also did his teacher's training. That's where I got certified to teach primordial sound meditation, which is his personal blend of meditation. Um, and that was like, I studied for about a year for that. And then we did a week long intensive of learning. But my, my experience there was absolutely life changing. The very first retreat that I have ever done was called Perfect Health. And it's offered by the Chopra Center. It's a 10 day Panchakarma retreat. It's all about finding your dosha, kapha, pitta, vada, yeah. And it, um, it's all about like really resetting your body, mind, and soul. Everything that you eat is Ayurvedic. You do a lot of spa treatments that are Ayurvedic. I learned how to meditate there. It, was, it changed my whole life. For 10 days, I didn't use my phone. I didn't check email. I didn't talk to anybody that wasn't part of the program. I've also done silent programs where you live and meditate in silence for several days. I've done retreats that are, you know, in the middle of the mountains of Sedona out of nowhere. I'm really, really into that stuff. And I think that it's super important that if you're looking to be a part of a, tr of a retreat, you do a lot of research because now, especially that mindfulness, self-care retreating has become so on trend and so popular you could just be involved in someone else's cash grab, but not necessarily getting the soul nourishment that you need or deserve. So do, do a lot of investigation in this. Um, there's a lot of programs out there. There's the Omega Institute in upstate New York. They do a lot of incredible, beautiful programs. There's obviously the Chopra Center, which right now is based in Carlsbad at La Costa Resort. Um, there's many, there's like a couple in Utah, 
ones in other countries, Costa Rica, Bali, lots of different ones. And, you know, some of the best ones, to be honest, are not going to have the best photos. They're not going to have the most up-to-date website. They're not going to have, you know, the great marketing campaign because they're really just committed to doing the work. So they're bare bones about how they present themselves and believe that, you know, you'll find them when you're ready. So ask a lot of questions, look, look up a lot of things, um, and don't just go with whatever looks shiny or very well presented. Really go with what is the day-to-day curriculum? What are we there to learn and do? You know, the, the first one that I did every single day, we were learning how to meditate. We were in lectures. We were doing things that were very laid out to invoke certain things in us. So call the numbers, ask the questions. Don't just pay the money without knowing what you're getting into. Because if you're really committed to investing in yourself in this way, really important that you maximize that, Uh, especially in these very transformational spaces. If you have the wrong experience, it could really hinder your growth and really just turn you away from from doing some of this self-work. But I highly recommend the Chopra Center to be 100 with you, it is pricey. Um, Some of them are more expensive than others. The amount of money does not dictate what the experience is gonna be though. So do your work, do your research. Okay, this is the last question. Shanti Star 94, pragmatic teachings for inner joy. You always glow. That's my daily goal, but hard to attain. Number one, thank you. Number two, I hear you, girl. (laughs) It's hard for all of us. It truly is. Nothing is this perceived version of effortless. You know, you just get to a point where you get in a true flow with yourself. And it's not that it's effortless because you truly are, you know, I'm not rocked or rattled really by much, but it's because I've done so much work to get to that point and I continue to do the daily investment of, you know, the spiritual practices and the personal development. That's the biggest part. You can't start it and then think, okay, I've reached, I've learned all there is to learn and then stop it um, because you'll forget, you'll lose it. You have to be committed to making this a part of your everyday life. But so teachings, techniques, excuse me, and teachings for inner joy. This year, I'm super committed to having more joy in my life. That has been an intention I set at the top of the year. And then also on my birthday, I reset intentions and I redo like all of my affirmations and my, you know, tweaking of my practices because I kind of look at my birthday as my personal new year. So I give it that same intention um, and attention that you would for the new year. But techniques for inner joy look for moments of tiny joy in your everyday. That has been revolutionary for me right now. Uh, Just finding all of the beauty in all of the little things, you know? I find that like there are moments that I'm outside playing with my kid and the breeze hits my face in a certain way and I'm like, wow, thank you, God. You know, nothing is ever going to be perfect 100% of the time, but when we can find gratitude, attitude and those tiny, tiny little moments when we can celebrate those small kindnesses and small wins just as much as we do the, the huge, you know, shows and, and acts 
and gift givings and opportunities, you know, it, it changes everything. It's changed everything for me. I will celebrate the tiny kindness that I experienced in a day as much as I will celebrate the amazing opportunity that came with a fat check that I get from a company or, or something, you know, I, I want to share this story. I, hmm, should I share it? Yeah, I'm going to share it. I want to, I want to tell this as part of a larger story. So I'll probably revisit it in a future episode, but I was having this, this experience in my life where I was deeply depressed and I was barely, barely holding it together. And I went to have lunch with a girlfriend and you know, when you're going through something in life or like if you've been in a place where you are crying a lot, like you're experiencing some real depth of pain and you're, you're crying. And, and when you're around other people, you're just trying to hold it together. Well, I remember this is probably 10 years ago. I was at the Grove and I was having lunch with a girlfriend. And at the end of lunch, I felt the pain coming into my throat. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, you have five minutes to get out of here before you fall apart. You can only hold it together and keep your face dry for five minutes or you're going to lose it. <laughs> and so I was trying to get out of there. I was like, hey, girl, I got to go. Paid the check. She was like, oh, hang on. I need to go to the bathroom. So I'm sitting by the door and I'm tapping my foot really hard. I'm, I'm just trying to distract myself. I feel the water, the warm water filling in my eyes. And this waitress saw me. And she walked over to me and she bent down and she just grabbed my hand and she, I could cry right now talking about it. She grabbed my hand and she put this tiny, cheap, hard candy, <laughs> like one of those that grandmas always have in the bottom of their purse. She put it in the center of my hand, closed my fingers over it, clutched my hand and gave it a squeeze and just looked me in the eye and smiled and winked and then got up and walked away. Never saw her again. But there was something about that humanity, that touch, that recognizing that this other human that I don't know is having a hard time and doing something small to make me smile. So that didn't change the problems that I was going through, right? But it did reinforce my understanding and belief that I am cared for by the world, by the universe, no matter what's happening in my life. And so ever since then, especially now, I just love looking for tiny joys. I love photographing flowers. If you follow me on Instagram and you see my stories, I stay with a flower pick like every day. <laughs> um, you know, I like, I like taking time for myself. I take, my, I take myself to lunch sometimes or I make time to just do something that feels serving for me. Even if the only chance I get is to walk outside, kick my shoes off, move my toes around in the grass and feel connected to the earth. To me, that brings joy. So joy doesn't always have to come in the guise of the shopping trip or even the, the face sheet mask or the spa day or any grand gesture. Like sometimes it is just finding the, the profound beauty in the little moments in nature. So whatever, whatever that is for you, I think that that's a great technique for finding inner joy. Make it a point every day to really feel something, to really smile at something. Even if you have to force yourself through it, make a playlist, you know, with nothing but songs that bring a smile to your face that, as Marie Kondo would say, sparks joy. 
you know, give yourself that in whatever little way that you can. All right, that's pretty much um, all the questions that I will go through today, but I got a lot and I think I'm gonna do this more often because that felt really good. Okay, so for time's sake, I think I'm gonna stop right here for now. A few housekeeping items. Thank you so much for all of the five-star ratings and reviews that you guys have left. I deeply appreciate the fact that so many of y'all are giving me time out of your day to not just listen, but to go the extra mile of subscribing, rating, and writing a review. Usually we only take time in our life to report bad customer service, <laughs> complain, or comment about a bad experience on Yelp or in person. Um, personally, I've really been trying to make the time to give praise and celebration of good experiences, that same energy. So I'm really grateful that y'all are doing the same for me. Really appreciate it. Oh, and I have some events coming up soon if you want to connect in person. One's going to be in LA, two are in New York, and another is going to be a digital offering that will be announced soon. So I'm thinking sometime in the near future, uh, I'm going to have some more access for you guys to this stuff. So you can always check out the events tab on karmabliss.com for more info. Uh, we're also having a pretty good sale on crystals right now if you wanna check those out. Oh, which reminds me, actually, before I get out of here, so a lot of the questions that I got to that I didn't get a chance to get to just yet were like crystal questions. Like specifically, a lot of people asked me, how did you start on your crystal journey? What are the attributes of this crystal or that crystal? How do you use sage? I got a lot of really specific questions like that. Now, I have to tell you guys, I have a book <laughs> that answers all of that and more. Like the whole first chapter of the book is dedicated to me kind of talking about how I got into crystals, how I use them. Um, I go over a lot of like, modalities of healing and, and practices like saging. And I give you the attributes of, I think around 54 different crystals and how to use them for different things in your life. So to save time for me and keep me from repeating some stuff, I do want to direct you guys to my book. It's called Crystal Bliss. It's available in all bookstores or you can get it to you quick fast on Amazon Prime. So if you go on karmabliss.com, um, there's links to the book as well. But that book answers all of those questions. Even if you go to the bio of my personal website, which is debbiebrown.com, you'll have access to tons of information about me and kind of how I found myself where I am at this moment in time in the world. So check that out. Another quick question. I just looked at my notebook and forgot I wrote this down. Someone asked me, are your eyebrows microbladed? Yes, girl. <laughs> and I know you asked me that because when I put up the prompt on my IG story, I had just got them retouched that morning. So my eyebrows were extra fleeky. But yeah, so I get my eyebrows microbladed. My girl Maggie of Impressive Faces in Houston is the first person to do microblading on me. This is maybe four years ago. And now that I'm back in LA, I have, I use Katie Brows, which is in Studio City. So it's, it can be pretty pricey, but I recommend that if you're interested in getting your, your eyebrows microbladed, do a lot of research and do not pay the cheap price because a lot of people are taking other people's photographs of their work and putting it on their Instagram page and people are signing up for them 
and because the price is cheaper, but that's not their work. You know, this is your face, your face getting tattooed. So <laughs> you can never do too much research for something like that. Um, but yes, I love having my eyebrows microbladed. I also get my lashes done and that's pretty much it. I don't really wear makeup other than that really for no other reason than I'm very lazy and the limited time that I do have free time I just kind of want to use for other things so I work really really hard on my skincare I use a lot of eminence products I get my eyebrows microbladed once a year and I do lashes every two weeks and for me that is my recipe to be in my best self while not being stressed doing it in the process. But those are definitely my must-haves. So yeah, hope that answered that question. Um, so yeah, karmabliss.com for more info on the events that I have coming up. You can also sign up for my newsletter there too. My newsletter goes out once a week, usually on Fridays, okay? That's it, that's all I got. All right, love y'all, stay open, treat yourself well. Peace. Big thank you for listening to this episode of the Dropping Gems podcast. This show is executive produced by Adrian Scott and me, Debbie Brown. Our theme music was created by producer Day One and the poem that you heard at the beginning of the show. Well, that was created especially for us by award-winning poet Namdi Okafor. If you have a quick moment right now, please hit subscribe on the show. And if you like what you heard, take it a step further and give us a five-star rating. Until next time, you connect with me on IG at Debbie Brown or my website, DebbieBrown.com. Be blessed. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.